Welcome to 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo, our brand performance podcast, where we connect and collaborate with other self-sustaining entrepreneurs, authors, and experts. Hi, I'm Marlo Higgins, your Chief Inspirational Officer. I like to say when we perform, we get paid. This podcast focuses on the areas of confidence, mindset, leadership, and performance, which all lead to increased revenues and sales. As your Chief Inspirational Officer, I'm focused on the development of people by unearthing their values, talents, and self-worth, otherwise known as that self-esteem factor. People matter, self-worth matters, time matters. When it all aligns, everything works. Welcome to this week's episode of 22 Motiv- Motivational Minutes with Marla, where we have a brand performance podcast. We, we talk to different experts and we get insight from different angles. And today we've got Michael Devolano, who's going to be sharing with us what he does with his podcast, how he helps serve his clients in the book that he wrote called Automate and Grow. And so this is going to be a really rich conversation. Michael, thank you for being on this episode with us today. And um, I want to get started. I mean, I didn't really want to give a really specific background. I would rather you share with the audience, who is Michael and what are you doing today for people in business? That's a big question. (laughs) I started my own company about 10 years ago. Prior to that, I had worked in the wireless industry and kind of more telecom, but there was always a software element to it, and this thing called the iPhone came out. <laughs> and I saw what we, I was doing to try to make applications run on wireless networks, and I was like, oh my God, this is so much easier. Really, when I first broke out, what I was doing was helping everyone build their first digital products. So one thing that the iPhone did is it captured not only businesses' imagination, but individuals. So we dealt with a lot of founder-led entrepreneurs to help them build digital products around iPhone and then Android and then back-end software as a service. So for the last 10 years, that's what I've been doing. Um, I typically help companies by being a fractional CTO, and now CMO is kind of tied into that. So it kind of depends on the needs of the company. And and Automate and Grow is the book that I wrote to really kind of say, here's my philosophy and framework for how you deal with overwhelm of technology change. All right, so let's let's dig into that. I mean, you obviously have experienced enough of that, have had enough conversations, and have witnessed the overwhelm and that consistent um, tension around that space. So dig in. I mean, like, so automate and grow, right? Those are two very key buzzwords that we all want to know. And just like you had said prior, we have business growth struggles, we have technology struggles, we have just within our own inner space the level in what what we service, you know, and being an expert there. You know, so how do you tie it all together and what's your, what's your biggest advice? Like, give us your philosophy, your concept about automation and growth. Okay. So the, I think the first thing is that, you know, the last 10 years have been kind of disruptive <laughs> as far as, and technology has impacted business and society. And you see that in real winners and losers where there's entire industries that are crumbling or, you know, shrinking. Right. And that's challenging if you're an entrepreneur because entrepreneurs, and I think you said it before in our prior conversation are usually good at really one thing and they're able to build a business around that, which is usually solving a problem for a customer. So I think the number one uh, thing for all entrepreneurs right now is to understand there are six transformational digital technologies that are kind of at year one and they're going to grow exponentially over the next 10 years and to understand what those are and then figure out, okay, well, the problem that I solve today, is that the same problem that I'm going to be able to solve in 10 years? Is it going to be for the same customer? And how do I use one of these technologies to have a unique solution? So really, I'm encouraging people to think about that so that they can then build digital products. 
So are you talking about diversifying technology? I mean, having these six different platforms or, or tell us a little bit more. Share with us what those six are and dig. You know, computers and networks are still very disruptive, but inside of that, there's a whole bunch of stuff that's going on, right? It's so a lot of app stuff, but now voice and apps is going to tie in apps away from devices. So we've been very device centric, but now it's going to be like, how do you build apps that operate everywhere? Which seems strange, but you know, the interfaces are now Messenger, the interfaces are now Alexa, Google. So they're going to be device independent. They're going to be out in the cloud. So it's really understand, you know, how do I apply uh, apps or uh, not really apps, but really computers and networks, artificial intelligence, robotics, 3D printing, digital medicine, and synthetic biology. So these six technologies are going to completely change what's going on. And then there's trends that come out of those technologies converging. And there's 20 trends. And those trends basically will pretty much affect most, if not all industries. And some industries, like everything from automation, like cars. <laughs> right, right, right. Like the autonomous car thing is not a joke anymore. This is like real, right? The Jetsons and, are alive, right? <laughs> yeah. It's totally We're here. Like there, <laughs> if you look at CES this year, how many flying cars were there? Like, it's no joke. And you see Sony getting in on the act on autonomous cars. You see Toyota getting in the act on flying cars. So, and, and uh, autonomous flying cars, which is probably safer. Like, if you've ever tried to learn to fly a helicopter, which I've done, and then I quickly, like, there's a lot of stuff going on. You know? <laughs> and, and you know that the real expensive helicopters are a lot easier. All that stuff's automated. <laughs> so, wow. Wow. Okay. But just listening to you, Michael, and as you describe that, it's a bit overwhelming as a business owner. As I sit here in this driver's seat, running a company, helping other people run a successful company for themselves, you know, it, it's such an overwhelming thing. I mean, do you have any advice for somebody that's listening to you and saying, you know what, I'm describing all of this automation, all of this disruption, these multifaceted platforms, you know, what can help the entrepreneur, the business owner, the startup that's listening to this episode today kind of break down and chunk down that overwhelm in what you're sharing? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. So again, I think the number one job of every entrepreneur right now in 2020 is to build digital products and then automate marketing, sales, and support. And you, to, to, the automation piece is really a function of understanding who's my client, where are they? How do I reach them? Proving that you know, you're know you able to have more of them come in and, and offer them a solution and ideally more digital solutions mm -hmm. that are less because those are very scalable and, and they're profitable, right? So that, that's why I encourage people to think of, well, which one of these six technologies can I apply to my business and can do, you know, do something better? And then once you have really, I think three things, a traffic and conversion plan, which says, you know, here's my ideal client, here's my messaging, here's where I find them and I've proven I can get them to come in with some velocity, right? A sales playbook, which most businesses don't have. Oh my God, that's the gem. That's what I, that's me right there. I, I built the sale, I, your personal success formula. Oh my God, if it's a missing link, you're going to miss it for a long time because that makes your business run very peaceful and easy. But what we have to think about inside the sales playbook is it's not your mama's playbook. Because the reality is there's three ways you sell now, which is digital, direct, or a hybrid. And you got to figure out which one of these models, the most expensive is going to be direct. The hardest to make work is digital. <laughs> 
but it's also expected, right? So I prefer a framework where you can figure it out and really try to get digital as much as you can or automate what you can within that with it's realistic, right? And it's not to say people aren't important because they actually are, but that's not always scalable because the cost of acquisition is huge. So yeah, traffic conversion plan, sales playbook that addresses are you direct, digital, or hybrid, and then a customer success roadmap. And that's, okay, once you have a client, how do you make them successful and keep them? Retention. Yeah, that nurturing component. And I think a lot of people miss that piece. And like you said before, to acquire a new client's really hard. So it's best to nurture what you have and do the, you know, the consistent partnerships for life. Clients for life is our motto and um, really build that sustainability within that, that client base. Okay, so it's really interesting. So let's talk about funding, right? What's what's the cost to doing all of this? And how do we make the leap? I mean, because it is stepping into the unknown a little bit. So give us some direction about which way we should be going and how much we should be stipending in these different, you know, like when you say digital, um, you, you know, your, your companies, what, give us some numbers that we can listen to. It's probably tough to just go across the board. But I think what happens is when you go through those four exercises, which is what's my digital product plan, uh, my traffic conversion plan, my sales playbook, my customer success roadmap, what that does is that informs what technology. Okay, how? Well, because now you know what your processes are and you know what your business actually is. Then it says, well, what data do I need to collect? What interfaces do I need to provide? What can I buy? What can I build? And that becomes your technology plan. And as far as money goes, I mean, I think it's, you know, um, it's going to be way cheaper now because there's so many SaaS platforms. You don't have to build everything from scratch. And I think if you're going to build, do not go build a trouble ticketing system. Do not go build a CRM. Do not go build marketing automation, right? Like don't do this stuff from scratch because there is like a massive uh, a number of entrepreneurs out there addressing a problem in a way that you probably need it to be addressed within that space. Right. Absolutely. And now I personally, um, a Salesforce consultant and the reason I like Salesforce is number one, it's all centered around the customer. So with, with Salesforce, it's all around the account, which is really the company or organization. And then the people there, the opportunities you have, the cases, which are, you know, case management is like trouble tickets, right? So Managing post-sales success, and then leads and campaigns. So you can implement whatever marketing automation you have or buy their marketing automation. But in the end, the core of that is the customer. So what you need to understand is once you get you know, your playbooks in place, then it's you just customize Salesforce. I don't have to build a database. I don't have to host a server. I don't have to worry about bandwidth. I don't have to worry about storage or any of that stuff. I can focus on what data do I need to collect? What do I need to automate as far as processes? Like what are the triggers and actions that need to happen? So I'm just building that top layer that, to my business. And that's why most people get overwhelmed, for example, by Salesforce because it kind of seems like a blank slate. But if you have a playbook, it's easy. <laughs> okay, so as you talk about this playbook consistently, I mean, like I know what my playbook looks like. Is there a tool or resource, Michael, that you can share with these listeners that oh, they sure. can learn? Or um, do you have an ebook or something that a tool or resource that we can tap into? Sure. Uh, what I'll do is I'll provide a link to this. But in Automate and Grow, you know, I've, it's really organized around the way I've discussed it with you. So Automate and Grow is like 
12 bucks, I think on Amazon. Nice. <laughs> and nice. Inside of that, you get worksheets that say like, here's a framework. They're not real long. They don't have to be because what the work you do is what's going to explode them out into a playbook. But there's like a two page worksheet for each of those things. So it's the questions that you're asking yourself and the answers are really your business. Like, but again, right. So that, that's the cheapest and easiest way to do it. I also, what I'll provide you is I just released a report on the 20 trends and six technologies that are going to shape the next decade. So uh, that'll just be cloudadvisory.io forward slash, I think it's 2020 trends. Okay. Can you share one as, as this audience, like give us a little bit of a, a teaser. Can you, yeah. Can you give us some insight into one of those at the, at the moment? Sure. So first big one is probably around AI, right? Right. And, and the reality is AI will be everywhere. So people get intimidated by AI and you probably, you know, I, I get why, because if you're not already able to just collect the right amount of data and, you know, automate simple things in your business, AI is like foreign to you. Uh, but what you need to understand is this is going to be increasingly a tool that people are going to use to provide service to customers, to find information for customers, and to um, understand what's going on inside your business really, right? And then make it so that you're not manually creating processes, but you can enact them automatically. So So it's like drop-clicking what we have within our business structure. Is that what you're saying? So the structure exists, but it's just taking what we have and dropping it into these different formulas? I I think it's a, um, well, I mean, these are trends. So the AI everywhere is absolutely a trend, right? So what you need to understand is in my industry, where is AI going to be applied? Not thinking about my current restraints or my current business, but how can I apply machine learning and then artificial intelligence? Because if it's not me, it's somebody else. And the guy that does it is going to have a significant advantage for a lot of reasons, right? So it's at least forecast your own industry and understand that and then decide, <laughs> You know what? I'm more committed to nostalgia than the future of this industry. Or I want to be this guy. I can take, even if my business is 20 years old and, you know, kind of same level, I can leverage this because I have customers to disrupt the industry and grow my business significantly, or maybe just to maintain what I have so I don't get eaten, right? Yes. And there's different ways to apply AI. Like one of the things about AI being everywhere is it will be at the app, the API level, which means there are people, well, let's use IBM as an example. IBM has 36 Watson APIs. So what that means is you can go to IBM, look at the different um, frameworks of how they're using Watson API, and you can take your software or your digital product and potentially plug into it. You don't have to build the AI brain, right? You can rent it. Wow. And the same thing for Salesforce, actually, because what they've done is they've taken the Watson AI, and they've built it into Salesforce. So if you're collecting your data on Salesforce around customers, opportunities, orders, invoices, cases, all that stuff, right, that gives you data. Well, then you have something called Einstein, which is really account-based Watson. So now what you can get into is things like, this is a logical next step. You should do this in the sales process. Or... I'm noticing this trend in cases, you should do this. So So it's initiating forward thinking for your business, which then it just, so it's connecting the dots, it's doing the work for you. So you no longer really have to put the the grit into the forecast. 
it's going to kind of help give you the pieces of the puzzle and say, hey, look, consider this. That's the goal, right? The goal yeah. is not to replace people, but to augment and you know amplify what you were able to do as a person thinking-wise. Right. What we're doing is guessing. And the idea around having AI and Salesforce, for example, is all your data is in there on customers, orders, invoices, and cases, right? And leads. But if it notices something and makes a recommendation to you, then you can take the most logical high percentage next step. And I think that's the logical application of AI for, for one example. Okay. So as people are listening to this, Michael, as you're describing it, is, is this something that you recommend at the beginning of a startup as an entrepreneur and you're building your company platforms and structures? Or is this something, like you said, a 20-year-old company could adopt this concept and make it work just as effective? Every entrepreneur has to do this right now. And if you don't believe me, that's cool, but you're going to be doing it in five years and be maybe in a bad situation. Right, right. <laughs> you know, like if you look at what's happening, it's like I've just given you a little tidbit that's obvious that's in the media. You drill down on that, it's a big deal. There's 20 of those trends. And it's not, you know, they're all going to impact every, like so many industries, everything from healthcare to transportation, even if you're providing professional services. Uh, legal, accounting, like every industry is impacted by this. So you really need a strategy for, okay, what AI can I rent that makes use out of my data? Because data is is like the gasoline in the car going forward, right? Well, electricity is the gasoline in the car going forward, by the way. So that's another trend. But <laughs> Nice, nice. <Yeah>. Okay. So <laughs> I mean, do you have a recommendation for people? And again, I'm all about like the tips and pointers because somebody's going to want to hear this. And, you know, we're getting the top view of what you're describing, but they want some, like, they want to get scrappy and they they want, you know, like, what can I do right now? And when it comes to technology, I think this is, as I'm listening to you describe it too, you know, we know that technology outgrows itself. So how do we keep up with the with the pace of change within the technology structure? How do you how do you work in that space? Yeah, so so two ways. One is don't buy or build technology to solve a problem for you. And this is this sounds stupid, but <laughs> it's actually the problem because you're usually feeling a certain pain and you're going, oh God, we need to fix this or automate this. And that's not getting ahead of things. And the way you get ahead of things as an entrepreneur. Dan Sullivan from Strategic Coach, there's a really good video out there on this, and I write about this, has a really simple process that every 90 days, you as the leader or entrepreneur of your business, you make a list, A, B, and C. And the A list is all the stuff in your business that annoys you, because that's the stuff where you're feeling pain, and that either needs to be eliminated or automated. And this comes from a guy that's not a tech guy, right? <laughs> right, right. People business. People business. B list is stuff that's repetitive, but important. So it's stuff that you as the entrepreneur should not be doing and maybe spending money on a person. They may not should, you know, should maybe not be doing it because it is a candidate for automation. And that is software or a system of some sort that makes sure this happens like clockwork. And then you can work on and improve that system. And then the third list, your C list, which really probably should be your A list, but maybe it is. I have to check. <laughs> I think it's your C list is the stuff that inspires you and that is the best use of your time. And usually that's like, you know, content creation, business growth, connecting with customers, relationships, like depends on the entrepreneur, right? Sure. Some guys might be technical. And if you do that every 90 days, you're going to have really clear vision of this stuff needs to be automated or eliminated. This stuff needs to be automated. And this is the stuff that I should be spending my time on. 
Yeah. And that, that when you speak of that sector, that's where we get the energy, right? Because that's, that's the stuff. And then, so people are wondering, you know, as an entrepreneur, where, where can I tap into to gain energy? And I always say growth gives us energy. Growth equals energy because when you're growing, you're stretching, you're striving, there's a level of energy that takes hold. You're not just mundane going through the motions. You're, you know, you're really challenging. And in that, that challenge space is where growing and building our muscles of, you know, optimism and technology, whatever it is, we find energy to do it. It's kind of an interesting feeder, how that happens. I think the most dangerous thing that we can all do, and we all kind of fall victim to it, is cling to nostalgia. When you're in very disruptive times, there's an opportunity and a threat. And the threat is you, you keep lamenting and thinking about the past. And the opportunity is you go, wow, this is really great. And this is going to give me more free time and I can grow in these ways and I can work on the thing I want. And I think that's the opportunity that's in front of us because we've never been in this type of situation. Like there's, you know, it seems strange where there's more capital available in the world for good ideas. There's more tools to automate things and there's more tools to reach more people. (laughs) Right. It's a trifecta of greatness right there is what you're describing. Yeah. Yeah. And and what we're seeing now, imagine in 2030. And, and the thing that was, as I talk to thought leaders and large people in this space, more and more entrepreneurs, independents are coming alive more so than ever. Like big pharma, you know, big corporation is tending to either go away or downsize in, in a sense. And so now is the time to get really smart and strategic about who you are and how you can serve and make the most impact. And really understanding that that this entrepreneurial space, this the startup space, these new ideas, that's that's going to be leading us in the future. And so it's really time to to think about and have those conversations. I, I think that the, I can't remember if it's twenty thirty or twenty. I think it's around twenty thirty. The number of freelancers exceeds the number of employees. Yes. Now, the problem with that is that you have people that are going through an education system and have experience based upon a silo. Right, I'm good at this thing, and I'm here's my thing. And what people really need to retrain themselves to do is to think. It sounds stupid, but you need to be able to reason and make decisions because what's going to happen is when your money's on the line and your time's on the line, you got to get away from time based. We all do. So that's the first thing because that's a that makes you a factor of production for a job, and they don't even want that anymore. So that's the first thing. So if you get outsourced or you decide to freelance. Your biggest thing is going to be able to reason, which is here's the landscape, here's the opportunity, how do I validate it? Mm. And that's almost like the scientific method in a sense, right? And you need to be able to test and run experiments and you need to tolerate failure in, but you need to do it faster. Oh, yeah. You know, all about, I got A, I got the A. Okay, well, who cares? Nobody cares if you pass the test, that test. Do you remember anything from that test? No. Now your money's on the line. And the test does not have defined questions. <laughs> you got to figure it out, right? Everything's figure outable, like Murray Forleo, you know, like in this space of, you know, yeah, you've got to be that scrappy leader. And I think those are the ones they're going to win every time. It's it's pivotal and it's very important. And, you know, as you describe, and, and, you know, I always say systems equals performance. And as you were describing that ABC platform every 90 days, I mean, we teach our clients to how to recalibrate. And essentially that becomes a safety net because when you're checking in, and you're looking at your systems, you're looking at your process and, and how you do it, 
it becomes a really clear safety net. You catch a mistake before it becomes a habit. And therefore, you can tweak, pivot, and build your resiliency without getting too far down the road and having to either start over or scrap completely. So it's those, those small steps, I think, are pivotal. So can I, can I recommend three books before I book Would it love it. Yes, our audience. Yeah, we're going to be wrapping up here, but tell us, what, what are those? One is Principles by Ray Dalio. That is a must read, especially if, whether you're freelance, thinking freelance or agency or starting a digital product business, whether it's e-commerce or an app or whatever you're thinking. Principles by Ray Dalio is really interesting because you get insights into how he thinks and makes decisions and builds teams around that same culture. And he goes deep. And this is a guy that's worth 17 billion and had nothing. So that, that's that's a book that is incredible and it will help you think of how guys like him think and you can apply that to your own life, really. Um, the sec two other books that have been big for me the last uh, few months, one is Indistractable by Nir Eyal. And Nir, you got to be on my podcast. Okay, Nir, <laughs> I just interviewed him. <laughs> Did you look... Nir and I just hosted his podcast episode on Monday, and he's phenomenal. Oh my God. Yeah. Wall Street Journal. Yeah. He is phenomenal. Yeah. Just so we talked about that. Just so well, you can make a reintroduction to Nir. He's like, he's bugging. Like, Nir, get on my podcast. Nir's uh, awesome. And I've been telling everybody about his book because he wrote a book called Hooked, and that taught everybody how to basically cheat you by using your brain chemistry and your dinosaur brain to screw with dopamine and they built all these digital products called Facebook, Instagram, <laughs> right? And then he wrote Indistractable, which shows you how to kind of extract yourself. And then the third one would be Atomic Habits by James Clear. And that that's really interesting because people think of habits as, oh, it's, you know, motivation and it's like forcing myself to do something. And what he says is essentially, no, people that say, everybody wants an outcome, everybody has goals, but people that have a system to get there and just get rewarded same thing dopamine in your brain by improving the system not worrying about the goal those are the ones that succeed and it really reoriented a lot of my thinking mm, i love it and yes near we had a really good conversation because he creates products that yeah. develop habits and it was really interesting so um it's so cool that you uh, that you mentioned near um, because it's a phenomenal. Okay, so Michael, as we wrap up this episode, where can we find you? How can we, you know, make you part of our circle of influence? Where can we buy your book? Give us that insight. Uh, so, automate and grow is on Amazon. You can also go to automategrow.biz, and you'll find not only the book, but if you go forward slash podcast or just click podcast, uh, we interview experts and entrepreneurs usually around you know their journey the problem they solve and then how they were able to scale up or achieve success and then my company is called cloud advisory dot and you go cloudadvisory.io and for companies or entrepreneurs they're dealing with overwhelm of technology or how to apply marketing automation to acquire new customers um, i act usually as a fractional cmo or cto Awesome. This was just a really rich conversation. Michael, this was, I know the people that are going to tap into this, they're going to want to share. And so if this episode leaves you inspired, please visit our website at marlohiggins.com where you can learn how to connect in the show notes to all that Michael has just shared with us. And if it left you feeling inspired, you can go to our Perform and Get Paid Facebook group and we can keep the conversation alive. That's where we're going to interact and engage and answer some of those key questions within our community because we know that that's important. We don't want to just talk about this stuff. We want to build community around it and solve some problems. So Michael, this was just fantastic. I appreciate your time and I can't wait for this episode to be shared with more people. So thank you. Me too. I really appreciate the opportunity to be on. 
As your Chief Inspirational Officer, I coach executives to gain clarity and remove self-doubt to increase performance in sales. To book a complimentary coaching session with me, simply visit marlohiggins.com and click on the Work With Me tab to schedule a call. Did you like this podcast? If so, subscribe and share with all of your friends. And if you want even more awesome resources to gain clarity and remove self-doubt, plus some personal insights from me that I only share in email, get yourself over to marlohiggins.com and sign up for the email updates. Thank you so much for listening and I'll catch you next week on 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo. If you're into it, subscribe, leave a review and tell all of your friends. We would sure appreciate it.